Coming up on today's episode, Bill and Ted face the music, reviving the woolly mammoth, house cats, and robot surgeons. All that and more on For or Against. Just old friends on the podcast who build a defense on ridiculous topics are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, this show is immense. So tune in and choose the side that you sit on the fence. Man, we debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars. You're listening now to For or Against. So turn the volume up, this is For or Against. Hello and welcome to For or Against, the podcast for new friends produced by old friends. I'm your host, Mike McFadden. Joining me today are Robbie Silver, Mike Wyman, and Patrick Lothian. Hello, friends. Hi, Mike. Hi. Hello to you, friends. Hello. Friends. Hello. Uh, it's been a week since we last recorded. Let's uh, quickly go through and find out what's been going on in each of our lives, starting with you, Robbie Silver. Uh, this past week, it was our dear friend Mike Winan's birthday, and uh, I spent one of my days wishing him a happy birthday on his birthday, unlike somebody else in this group <laughs> who insisted that the next day was his actual birthday. You would be wrong. Okay, Happy birthday again, Mike. Thank to you. be fair, I didn't forget your birthday. I just thought it was a different day. I totally remembered <laughs> your birthday, just mistakenly. So You remember that he has I've, a birthday. <laughs> he had a birthday somewhere in August. I remembered myself, so thank and you It's in the much. 20s. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, since we are omitting the apologies and corrections segment uh, in this show, I'm, I'm going to sneak one in really quickly. In the last episode, we talked about longboarding. And um, I did not give credit to my older brother, who's actually the one who bought me my first longboard and uh, took me longboarding for one of the first times. So, uh, Bill, I'm sorry. Um, it'll never happen again. Wynan, <laughs> what's going on with you? Uh, I was in New Mexico last week. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm back in Texas now. Uh, the whole week, I didn't watch any television. Uh, it was my birthday. Uh, and for my birthday, my wife bought me uh, what sounds like the nerdiest thing in the world, which is a uh, board game called Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, where you and up to, or by yourself or up to with eight friends uh, have to solve eight or ten brand new cases with the help of Sherlock Holmes. And it's actually a fuck ton of fun. It's so fun. <laughs> it's like you yell at each other. You get to read these things, these clues and discover these clues. Uh, and we did that in New Mexico instead of watching television, which I've been doing a lot of during quarantine. Uh, so I recommend it. It's available in online bookstores worldwide. Uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Is it like a one-time use thing once you get through each of the cases? Yes, but there are other editions. I think there's okay. three editions now. Yeah, we so have I an escape like room in a box. It's like an escape room. Out. Well, it's, yeah, it's like a puzzle, but mm -hmm. like who murdered somebody graphically and, yeah. and horribly. <laughs> I wish that all these new games weren't so pricey. It's 40 bucks, I think. 46.95 on sale. I mean, oh, I found it I found it for 30.99. I'll send you the link. Whoa. Oh. That's a deal. We've just turned the show into the super coupon show. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, what's going on uh, with you? Uh, so I watched the Eco Challenge. Um, we talked about it on a previous episode and it was insane. Like I thought, oh, this looks like a challenging event. Everybody's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, everybody's oh, an yeah. asshole. Is that, is that the one that had uh, Mike's friend Eric? Yeah. Cool. So nice. There's, there are five, basically like five different stretches. They're doing stand-up paddle boards, canoeing, um, climbing rocks, swimming, all this stuff. 
And it was like three quarters through the first stretch, the host mentioned that if they were doing an Ironman, they would be done right now. And it wasn't even a fifth done. And the people who were the best in the world at it finished in six days and they slept an average of an hour a day. So they were moving all day long, every day, doing these activities. Like I could not believe it. I know uh, McFadden has started to watch a little bit. I, th- I would really want to know, uh, Wine and Robbie, just watch one up. Ep- the first episode is all you really need to watch to like get all of it, really. Um, I'd love to know what you guys think since you had opinions on it. Because uh, I think it's different than what you thought it was. That's the sign of homework. Yeah, I, we, it's funny. Where, where I'm staying right now, we only have basic television, like channels two, five, seven, nine, thirty-two, like the the five channels basically. Mm-hmm. And so I was scrolling through those channels. There you go. I was scrolling through them, and uh, American Ninja Warrior was on, which I never really watched, but we only have five channels, so why not? And I was just thinking, this this by itself is impossible. Like, <laughs> just like jumping off of some styrofoam back and forth for about 90 seconds is impossible. So I cannot imagine what these guys and girls on Eco Challenge are, are up to. It sounds We're getting through Dreschel on the show. That's happening. <laughs> I'm working on well, it. I, I know. Amanda and I, like, we couldn't believe it. And, like, before, I didn't think I'd be able to do it. Like, I literally, like, a marathon. I know if I really wanted to run a marathon, I could, like, yeah. practice and run and eventually do it. This I could not do. I just, there's no amount of, even if I was 20 years old, there's no amount of work I could have ever done in my life that would have allowed me to participate in this event. It's important to know your limits. <laughs> it's, it's funny too, because in my mind, I feel like I watch these things. I'm like, oh, I could do that. Like even American Ninja Warrior, I see them. And I'm like, I could do that. And I'm probably thinking like, maybe when I was like 15 and I could like pull 10 times my body weight, I could yeah. do that. But now I'm a weakling and like, Actually, just like an hour ago, I was outside running, and in my mind, I was ready to sprint, and in reality, I was probably moving at about two and a half miles per hour on this run. Like, <laughs> it's just like my mind is so disconnected from reality. And you guys do monkey bars lately? Because that hurts <laughs> like your hands so bad. Like, I just can't even do it anymore. Got grip strength, me. man. You'd be terrible at American Ninja Warrior. Yes. <laughs> All right, now it's time to play for or against. One of us will present a topic, we will analyze that topic, and then we'll decide if we are for or against that topic. And this evening we will be starting with Robbie Silver. Robbie, what would you like us to discuss this evening? Yes, well, tomorrow, or if you're listening, maybe yesterday, um, there's a movie coming out called Bill and Ted Face the Music. A sequel or- Prequel. Yeah, trequel. Um, we had from 1989, we had Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. From 1991, we had uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And now here we are about 30 years later with uh, a grown up Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter reprising their roles, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, I sent you guys a link to the trailer and I want to know what you guys think. Are you for them making a trequel to this series, Bill and Ted Face the Music? Um, McFadden. McFadden, please go ahead. Okay, so I know in previous episodes, specifically um, surrounding the conversation of Indiana Jones 5, we said, can't Hollywood come up with something new? Why do we have to just keep rehashing these stories? And for whatever reason, I am super for the trequel of Bill and Ted. Um, I, I especially like the fact that they are like so old now. It's like, 
sometimes you can pull off like it's been five, 10 years and like, you know, you can pretend like you haven't aged and maybe with the right amount of makeup, but now they just like look like old men. And I wasn't a big Bill and Ted fan growing up. Like I definitely saw parts of them, but like that was like what, not eight, 90, 91, somewhere around there. You just said mm-hmm. like, we were pretty young, like five, six years old when those came out. So it wasn't really geared towards us. Um, but they were still sort of, you know, in the the cultural, you know, Zeke guys that we were, you know, somewhat aware of. And I just think it's really fun. I really like that Keanu Reeves has become this this enormous like action movie star. Um, but like, was it Alex Winter? Is he the other guy? <laughs> yeah, that's the right question. <laughs> like, he's basically just been waiting for this phone call for <laughs> 20 years or 30 years, whatever it is. And, you know, I want to give him another shot. You know, he he really sold, uh, you know, sold the... the the, the performance in those first two. And I think he's got another one left in him. Some four. <laughs> yes. Love that. Okay, Patrick, I want to move on to you. Bill and Ted face the music. So I've only seen like five minutes of one of the first movies. Who asked for me? Um, wow. So, I mean, I, I kind of understand what they are. Um, my first reaction to this is, like I was super excited for when they did this with Dumb and Dumber. Um, oh, yeah. No. no, well, I was excited because I love Dumb and Dumber, but then Dumb and Dumber or whatever it was, it just wasn't, it was like sad. Yeah. Because it was like <laughs> they were older and they were trying to play these characters that they really couldn't anymore. And it was just kind of awkward. Yeah. And I feel like this is probably going to be pretty similar, but since I haven't seen it, maybe I can enjoy it, especially since Keanu Reeves is like an American icon right Treasure. now. <laughs> um, so I, I'm open to seeing it. I'm excited because not much has come out recently. I'm definitely not going to go to the theater to see it though. Uh, um, overall, I guess I'm four, but I hope it's not sad for all the people who have <laughs> grown up on these movies. That, that's interesting too, because I think you're right. Like for something like Dumber, Dumb, Dumb and Dumber, I agree with Mike and Mike's reaction as like, why, why were your expectations so high? Because those characters were so precious from the original that it's like, it could only let you down. Whereas I think the weird thing with Bill and Ted is nobody is like a huge Bill and Ted fan, right? From the, from the originals. So it's almost like you, your expectations are set low and then it's like, oh, this, this actually surprisingly could look good. Yeah, it's a hundred percent of fans are just casual Bill and Ted fans. Like, <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I uh, when I was growing up, yeah, when I was growing up, I probably watched Bill and Ted weekly uh, on uh, on VHS, uh, both movies. Um, you have yes. a significantly older brother compared. To, well, I guess Robbie's got older brothers too. No, it was on HBO, and my mom recorded it off of HBO, <laughs> so I didn't see the first five minutes till I was about thirty <laughs> years old. But uh, no, it was just one of the movies that got recorded, and so therefore, actually, was a large portion of my uh, formative uh, my life philosophy has <laughs> been built around Village Head. Um, I'll share, I wanted to, in, in high school, I toyed around the idea of being a philosophy major and having my, um, having my thesis being the uh, parallels between Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan and Jesus the Nazarene, because there's a lot of parallels there, like be excellent to each other, John 4.11, because God so loved us, we ought to love one another. 
party on dudes matthew 6 25 do not worry about your life do not worry about what you eat and drink don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry for itself i think i could have probably pulled off 80 pages in that and that probably would have been pretty good i really wish you had that would have been awesome <laughs> it's not uh, too late <laughs> most righteous would have been non non-bogus uh, but um, here's the thing is that, uh, again, because I've been doing so much uh, Sherlock Holmes, I've got some Holmes again deduction. And Mike, you hit on it uh, that Keanu Reeves is known to be like the nicest human being in Hollywood. He gives away most of the money he makes uh, or so uh, they'll want us to believe. I'm 100 percent positive. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is just a theory. <laughs> that he is doing this movie so that he can help Alex Winter and everybody else who is a producer. He's like, don't make this movie because I said I want to. And so they'll give us $25 million to make it. It's going to be 82 minutes or however long it has to be to be technically a feature film. <laughs> Let's do it. And then it's going to be great. And it's just Keanu following the philosophy of Bill and Ted. I'm on board. It's probably not going to be like, all that engaging but i'm not expecting it to be uh the elmo draft house where my house is now open and i will very likely go see it there so it's i'm i'm very excited and i'm very for if it makes I, you guys feel better um alex winter has 36 director credits <laughs> including marvin marvin and super ninjas <laughs> so he's doing okay for himself there you oh. go Robbie, I want to know about you. Robbie, I feel like because you actually have the oldest brothers out of all of us, and I right. feel like this would have been right in their wheelhouse <laughs> at the time that it came out. So you probably were exposed to it. Is, is well, my... so it's funny. I actually texted you guys a couple of days ago to say, if I did this as a topic, would you guys have an opinion on it? And I'm glad you guys said yes. But the reason I asked that question is because I actually didn't really get into Bill and Ted. Like, I think, and I was, That's I'm glad that too. Mike, I'm, <laughs> well, McFadden and Patrick said the same thing. <laughs> but when, when you guys did say that, I was a little bit relieved because I thought I'd be the only one. You know, I've, I've seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure only in pieces on cable TV over the years. And Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, I went back to watch the trailer today. And I That's don't think I've ever seen it. a wild movie. I think they're on streaming somewhere. Watch those movies. They are two completely different films. Yeah, so Watch I actually them. want to because They're I feel really like great. I feel like I did miss something in my childhood. Like if nothing else, these look like awesome late '80s, early '90s movies. And then on top of the fact that like culturally they're relevant and dumb and funny. Spoiler and alert: so They die and go to hell and fight death to go back <laughs> to Earth. That's wild for a children's movie. Yes, and so looking at the trailer for the new one for Bill and Ted Face the Music. I, uh, I, I was watching this without really the context or the remembering of the originals. And I was like, you know what? This actually looks so dumb that I think I'm really going to like it. And it reminded me, again, just from the trailer, it reminds me of what I loved about Step Brothers uh, with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, but put into like, you know, a, a doofus form it's and traveling through time. Yeah. It's self-aware. So I too am very for this. And I think I'm actually, I'm not going to go to a theater, but I will definitely uh, pay for it to watch it on demand when, whenever that is. 
All right. I think we have exhausted Bill and Ted's excellent. Uh, no, no uh, face the music. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's it's all the same, forever, Michael. but I think we're going to move on to the next topic, which happens to be my topic. And um, I, I was excited, uh, Michael Winan, in your text to uh, us today that you, you were excited about all the topics today. Um, and so hopefully this is going to, you know, have some interesting conversation around it. Um, this is actually something that I've been watching for um, several years, uh, and may maybe even over five years, but I only recently just sort of came back to it, and that is the idea of reviving the woolly mammoth, all right? The extinct um, megalithic, uh, I might, might be using the wrong term there, but the, the, uh, the, the woolly mammoth, you guys all know what a woolly mammoth is. There is um, a team of geneticists at Harvard um, led by uh, the charismatic uh, Dr. George Church, who is uh, seeking to use um, current uh, DNA sequencing techniques in order to essentially use cloning methods to revive the woolly mammoth um, by essentially impregnating an Asian elephant, but having the DNA of a woolly mammoth not in personally. side. He's not going to personally <laughs> impregnate the Asian elephant. Well, I mean, he's going to be involved, but he won't be. Okay. Um, would, would the offspring be half Asian elephant, half woolly mammoth? So no, the, the offspring would be um, woolly mammoth. And I'm getting some of the details, um, you know, obviously, obviously I'm getting a lot of, the, most of the details wrong here, but essentially they think that they, in the next um, potentially, uh, three to five years could bring a woolly mammoth back. And um, before we go into the four against, I wanted to share a, a couple of interesting facts just to sort of set the stage for us about woolly mammoths. Um, for starters, the woolly mammoth is genetically closer to the Asian elephant than the Asian elephant is close to the African elephant. Fact number mm. one. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Fact number two <laughs> is that um, woolly mammoths, uh, while most of them were uh, became extinct like tens of thousands of years ago, um, there was a, a small population that crossed an ice bridge into um, you know, some area of the tundra um, and uh, lived um, up until about 3,000 years ago. So they were very much alive at the same time as you know, modern humans. So they were, there were woolly mammoths at the same time that the pyramids were being built, which is interesting. All right, and my, my last uh, fact about woolly mammoths is that um, because of where they roamed and because of the conditions uh, surrounding them, they have been so well preserved in the ice that up until the 1850s, French explorers in the Arctic actually used them as a, a source of meat to survive wow. while exploring <laughs> the Arctic, That's despite crazy. the fact that they had been dead for, you know, thousands of years. Uh, so Man, my steaks, my freezer get freezer burn after like four <laughs> months. You can still eat something with freezer burn, though. True. Just doesn't taste as good. Technically. Right. <laughs> so I, I want to know, is this a good idea? I know that there's probably going to be some Jurassic Park parallels, but I, you know, and I'm happy to go down that path. Um, Mike Winan, I'd like to start with you. Can, can, I, we... can, I, just, oh. can I chime in with one question yes. before we get into our positions? Why? I will answer this question, okay? I will answer this question. There <laughs> are a, a number of... Um, reasons involving conservation for currently endangered species. By figuring out how to bring back the woolly mammoth, we can use some of those same techniques to preserve 
species that are currently endangered. And if they do become you know, newly extinct, bring them back. Um, there's also an actual unexpected um, ecological reason that the woolly mammoths um, were known to knock over trees and tamp down the snow. And uh, there's a team of uh, father and son scientists in uh, some area of the tundra that have simulated um, the animals. in Park. Yes, Plasticine Park, um, and they have found uh, that the animals, if you reintroduce them, can actually lower the temperature in that area and help to fight global warming. And so there are actually like legitimate reasons besides this would be really neat. <laughs> um, so <laughs> wait, wait, so big, big woolly mammoths will reduce climate change? Yes. Uh, well, I don't wait I mean, because they knock down trees. Like to save us, it will be done? <laughs> because that will allow for the grass to grow, which is going to reflect the heat as well as tamp down the snow to expose it to the cool air. Removes to... insulation for, from permafrost. Yes, so, so much so did we... some research. No, we I need watched just... the video you sent me and said, please watch this, and they did not. <laughs> there you go. There, there Questions answered. All right, so... so um, you know, some of those reasons why we would do this are potentially hypothetical. Um, I want to know, and actually, Mike, I'm going to say, we're going to come back to you. We're going to go with Robbie because he's, you know, clearly didn't do any homework. Um, what do you think with zero knowledge in this um, area? Why do my homework when I can have a teacher just explain it to me? Uh, based on what you just said, let's just spread woolly mammoths to every corner of the planet. If it's going to fight climate change and uh, I, I don't love think elephants. You're fully listening to why it, why it works. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's just gonna lower the temperature in the tundra. But look, here's the thing that you do need to know, Robbie, is that the tundra holds more carbon than anything else, like in the world. And if if the tundra melts, that carbon gets released, and it's basically game over. So it's really important that that doesn't happen. And so the the scientists would like to potentially create a herd of up to eighty thousand in order to help with the um, environmental aspect. I'm sure that I love elephants and so I'm sure I would love woolly mammoths, but isn't there some sort of ecological impact that we're not really getting at here? Like you're introducing a new species that's going Mitchell to- Beef forest? Beef forest. Woolly mammoth. <laughs> yes. Woolly mammoth, beef forest. Beef forest taking over the globe. Potentially, but that's a risk that I'm personally willing to take if I could go pet a woolly mammoth. I agree. And for that reason, I am for. <laughs> okay. Michael, let's go to you. What do you okay. think about this? Um, yeah, you're right that Dr. Ian Malcolm uh, from 1993's Jurassic Park would warn us against this and that life would find a way. And George uh, Church looks a lot like that guy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's he's really taller, does. he's a little bit bigger, and he's got a bushier beard. But it's He's like, like a, a, a little bit of a sexier, older Ian Malcolm. A sexier, older <laughs> John Mal or uh, what, what's his name? My, Jeff Goldblum. But uh, yeah, um, I see you said that the problem is that, that we could be at a point of no return. Part of me thinks that that has already happened. <laughs> so I think... Fuck it. Let's just do it. Let's make some Willy Mammoths. The world is already fucked beyond recognition, which I think it might be. We can only mitigate it. We can't actually stop global warming from happening. We might as well Let's have just a Willy try Mammoth. some stuff. We might as well have a Willy Mammoth on our way out. Let's have some Willy Mammoth steak out at Whataburger on our way out and have some fun while, while this thing lasts. So I'm on board with this. 
If that it helps, be... great. If it doesn't, you get to petty bully man. It's zero <laughs> downside. <laughs> Patrick, any downside in your eyes? Um, <laughs> I like the idea that we make so many animals extinct as a species. Bring one back. That wasn't our fault. It kind of. Oh, no, that was humans. Humans. I hate to break it that. to you, Pat. Um, the the leading theory is that we hunted them uh, to Jesus extinction. <laughs> the only reason that Jesus they was not lived, involved. This was before his time. <laughs> the only reason that they lived um, up until three thousand years ago is because they had crossed a land bridge that melted. And so they were secluded from people. But then because it was the same family of about 500 elephants, they basically interbred to death. <laughs> what a so way to go. That, then that's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why? Because Robbie asked if it would be like half elephant, half. Why is it not half and half? Because they're basically just using the womb. The DNA is 100% woolly it's mammoth in this scenario. Yes. Oh, okay. so it'd be like, so, you know, yeah. It's like implanting an egg into a circuit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, it wouldn't be like a is, liger or anything like yeah. that. I think this is cool. And it, um, before you talked about it being one of the reasons for other species, the idea that if it's our fault that something else goes extinct, that we could help it come back. Or even like you, we see like the pandas are, they refuse to have sex with each other <laughs> to make new pandas. So if you figure out more ways to make new pandas. Prude pandas. Like, like pushing them together. Um, that'd be good. So I like, I like this all around. I'm for all of it. You know what I'm realizing too is that if for some reason this costs a lot of money, which I think it might, I don't support this, but you're going to have some stupid rich-ass multi-billionaire who just wants to hunt a woolly mammoth and he will pay whatever he can to make sure they get bred so he can kill them. So I wanted to talk about this perhaps on a different episode, but <laughs> hunting is like the largest source of funding for conservation. So <laughs> even though you're true. saying that as if it's a bad thing, hunting is like the only reason that conservation efforts exist um, like in the entire world. So you might want to do some research on that. No, no, that, you don't I, homework. no, well, that's true. No, I, I <laughs> well, kind of. Sorry, go ahead. I, I brought it up because I know that that is true. And that's what I'm saying. Like in reality, you'll probably have, people who actually want to kill woolly mammoths are the ones funding this. I don't know if that's <laughs> happened yet, but I can very much see that happening. Donald Trump Jr. is going to bring <laughs> the woolly mammoth back <laughs> just so he can go. Still doesn't get my vote. <laughs> um, what kind of hunting raises the money like the... That's so another to topic pay, for another You have to day. pay for a license. And, like, <laughs> oh, okay. And, you, need, um, you need the big forest in order for the elk to live in them. Uh-huh. So. And then a big part of it is um, the the like uh, hunting tourism so like in you know third world parts of the the world um like there's there's no economy and so by ensuring that there are that there is game to hunt to bring in you know these ridiculous dentists who want to kill a tiger or a lion like (laughs) especially but if you're talking about like there are there are animals who are more so on the endangered species list and when there there are like a thousand of them left some of them can still be hunted. You just have to pay a really, really large license fee. But the ones that they choose that they um, choose to hunt are the ones that have like aged out and they're no longer a productive member of that um, you know ecosystem. And so they specifically target the the ones that are no longer healthy and, and vibrant and are actually potentially cannibalizing their own you know herd right, or whatever. Right. Right. Until Dick Cheney misses his shot and accidentally kills the baby. <laughs> just you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I personally am really for the woolly mammoth. Um, 
I, it had been probably five years since I looked at the website, uh, which if you want to check it out, it's, it's uh, reviverestore.org. And like I had seen it at one point and I couldn't remember, was this just like a group of quacks on the internet that are like, we're going to like, you know, there's the Mars one project where like they have this whole plan to colonize Mars, but they have no plan on how to get there. (laughs) Like we want to do this. And so like, it's just a group of idiots who have like a cool idea, but it turns out that like, this is actually, you know, a Harvard uh, geneticist is is part of this. And so I'm hopeful that one day we'll get to see a woolly mammoth. Um, I have one more fact. Um, Asian elephants and African elephants, for the most part, are, are so genetically dissimilar that they, they can't really mate, though they did try once and they, they, they forced them to mate and <laughs> the poor offspring only lived for two weeks. Oh, uh, so. uh, quick question. So on this website, it says the great passenger pigeon comeback. Do you guys know, did they ever really like send notes and stuff through yeah, birds? that's or? super true. Yeah, that... Uh, I learned that from uh, Battlefield One, the video game about World War One. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think it was like in Harry Potter where they'd be like, "All right, Hedwig, go give this to whomever." And then the birds just had like you know the entire world mapped and could understand English. I think you have to like train them to fly specific places. Yeah. They think food is. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's bring back to Woolly Mammoth. Now it's time for the break that most podcasts have in the middle of them, and there's no reason to name call about it. I'm pretty sure Michael Winan updated the copy in the script. <laughs> so swoosh. Four Against is brought to you by Bye Bye Liver, the party card game. Based on the long-running hit play of the same name, Bye Bye Liver, the card game is a mix of classic party games like Would You Rather, Never Have I Ever, and Most Likely 2, as well as some new games straight from the Bye Bye Liver writer's room. Both the original game and the expansion pack, The Deck Too Far, are available at buybyliver.com. Use promo code FOA at checkout to save 20% on your purchase. As part of the sponsorship, we've been asked to play one round of Would You Rather from the game. This week, I'm going to be leading us off. Last week, we went uh, with a a raunchy Would You Rather. I'm not going to do that. Um, So I want your answer and then a quick explanation. Would you rather be poor in paradise or be rich in Siberia? You might get to pet a woolly mammoth. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with um, Patrick Lothian. I'm going to go poor in paradise because so many people's goal is to eventually like retire in paradise and probably do all of the things that you could do with little money. So I would just hang out in paradise. All right. Like the story of the fisherman and the banker. Exactly. That you read on a Jimmy John's placard. (laughs) (laughs) Robbie Silver. Rich in paradise, poor in paradise, or rich in Serbia? (laughs) Siberia. (laughs) Serbia. I'll definitely be rich in Serbia. Um, How poor are we talking, by the way? So it doesn't say on the card. And so I don't know if it means like fiscally poor or if it's like, you know, sometimes poverty is a state of mind. I don't know. How do you want to interpret this? Well, because like if I'm like really poor where I can't, I'm having trouble even finding my next meal. I'll be rich in Siberia all day long. It doesn't say destitute. Okay. So just like, I, I meet my basic needs, but not much more than that. Mm, yeah. I'm going to go rich in Siberia. I think if I'm rich, I'm going to buy, I'm going to build myself a nice, beautiful, warm house. And I'm going to pay for all the things I need to explore Siberia with as much comfort as possible. So I'll still explore the great outdoors and do all those things I like to do. I'll just have some more comfort doing it. Rich. All right, Michael. Rich 
in Siberia, poor in paradise. I think you guys, um, like Siberia is huge. Like Russia's very <laughs> big in Siberia. There's a lot going on. Uh, and it's the 21st century. Uh, I just looked up what the largest city in Siberia is, and it's uh, Novosibirsk, which seems like a pretty cool town. I just Googled <laughs> Novosibirsk Brew Pub, which is like the first thing I look for when I go <laughs> at a place. There's this brew, cup, brew pub called the Double Dog Brewery, which seems really cool. Or Jonathan, a bar brewery. Like things are up to date in Siberia. We need to get with it. I won't at like least when politics it comes to breweries. There. I won't like the politics there, but at least I can find a good beer. I'm going to be rich there. I'm going to buy everyone around at Jonathan, a bar brewery uh, in Siberia. Yeah, if you're rich in Siberia, you're probably an oligarch, which probably is a pretty comfortable lifestyle for <laughs> probably. you. I just looked up the population of Siberia is 33.77 million. That's so a lot like, of people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to the North Pole. No. You're going to a major metropolis in, in Ooh, the globe. This place I'm, has Neapolitan pizzas for 590 rubles, which is probably nothing. <laughs> this is going to be good. Well, so yeah. McFadden, the population of Siberia is 33 million, but what's the population of Paradise? Well, that's not actually a real place. And therein lies the issue. That lies the issue with your premise. You're comparing a real place with an imaginary place. I think you need to take Siberia a little less literally and put it (laughs) on the same playing field as paradise. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think I'm still going to take rich in Siberia. I like winter sports. I'm just going (laughs) to shred that fresh pow every day. And I think you won't be on the longboard. Coming up, uh, I'll go snowboarding. Like longboarding emulates snowboarding. (laughs) That's fine by me. All right. uh, Well, thank you very much, Bye Bye Liver. Um, Go to buybyliver.com. Use promo code FOA at checkout to save 20%. And we're back. Now it's time for Michael Winant. I said we're back, Patrick. We're back from the break. The the break that does not require name calling. Um, if you didn't listen to last episode, this whole thing's not going to make a lot of sense. <laughs> Go listen to the previous episode if you're confused right now. Michael Wina, now it's your turn. What is your topic for us to debate this evening? Sure. Um, I, uh, as all of our devoted listeners will know, recently adopted a, a dog. His name is Lawrence K. Roscoe Esquire, Private Eye. Um, I've known him for three and a half months. Uh, we are great friends shared uh, traveled together to new mexico i was a was a great he great friend to all everybody who meets him thinks he's great you guys have seen photos of him and he's terrific but he hates fucking cats and you know what <laughs> so do i and i've realized that well, now stop that i try stop getting stop trying to make your dog fuck cats <laughs> okay gotcha. he hates the concept of cats any cat he sees he wants oh, to move i totally away. misunderstood what you were saying uh, i apologize I, I wasn't eloquent enough but uh i'm going to spoil the lead and tell you my position and i want you guys to prove me wrong because we've all talked about this independently for years and years and years uh cats in my mind serve no value to humanity <laughs> Uh, and never will. Uh, I've given you a few uh, uh, links here as to uh, why cats are terrible. Uh, cats are capable of love. They are cold, cold-hearted creatures who would kill you if they had the opportunity. I, I'll reiterate, they're literally incapable of love. 
Uh, why does anyone have them in their home? The only thing I can think of is that, well, they, they poop inside instead of outside, which makes your house smell like poop. Um, so that's the positive, I guess. Uh, I will go with the only person I know on this panel who I know has had a cat. Uh, and this is uh, Patrick, uh, Patrick Lothian. Please uh, defend felines for some reason. <laughs> um, I think there's two points to it. One, it depends on what you want out of a pet. And two, it depends on the pet, like on the actual cat. Because some cats do suck, some cats are better. Just like some dogs suck, and some yeah. dogs. Okay, no, but hold on, I need to interject because it's true. Some dogs suck. Most cats suck. All That's cats. An important distinction. I wouldn't say Any that. Good cat I've ever heard of. People like, oh, he's just like a dog. Yeah, so just get, get a dog. the dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, because I'm I'm gonna go to my parents' cats. All of the cats that they have had, like I've seen some sucky cats, but all the cats they have had. <laughs> have been perfectly lovely cats. The big difference in between the two pets is the dog is always around you and it's always in your business He's a friend. and it always needs. He loves you. And if, if that's what you <laughs> want, which, which is why we have dogs, we love that, then that's perfect. If you just want something that is around that you have another living being in the house, you can pet every once in a while and you can play with, then cats are good. And the, But the bigger piece of that is if you go on vacation, you have to take the dog or you have to put the dog in a shelter or you have to have a friend watch the dog. If you have a cat, you it just- doesn't give a shit whether you live or die. <laughs> yeah, so you just put food and water down and then you're good to go. So it, it just depends on what people want out of, you're not gonna get the dog love out of a cat, but if you're not looking for that, if you're just looking for something to be around, then there it is. I have read though that, there's there's been cats that have like lived with people for like 10 years and then like somebody drops dead and within the hour the cat has started eating them <laughs> so there's that mm -hmm. <laughs> so even if they can't love the person can still love the cat and enjoy the cat oh it's depressing it's so sad <laughs> unconvinced robert what are your thoughts well i'll start by giving patrick just a little bit of credit one of his family's cats hendrix is one of two cats that I've ever had any ounce of affection for because Hendrick was kind of dog-like. He was somewhat friendly. My allergies weren't so bad around him. Hendrick Mine was- were awful. Okay. No, no, you're thinking of Butters. And Butters, I wanted to bring up, is the worst allergy cat I've ever encountered. I distinctly remember an evening where we went over to Pat and his brother's apartment you i almost died <laughs> yes Wynan and i were there and the, the three of us with i think lexi was there maybe some, someone else we started this movie and no more than 10 minutes in the movie had gone by and i look over to Wynan, <laughs> his face is, is beet red his larynx is is swollen up he can't breathe i have tears rolling down my face not from laughter but because my eyes are swollen shut because of, of the cat dander the two of us together looked like we were 10 minutes away from needing to go to the morgue. And so it honestly was the worst allergic reaction I've ever had in my entire life. And it was all- It was July 3rd, 2011. I'll never forget it. Floppy <laughs> wanted to take me to the hospital. <laughs> it was really- This really feels like bad. an unfair question since you guys can die from cats. <laughs> yes. So to, to follow up on that, yes, your cat does not love you. 
They are selfish, unfeeling creatures who only want to cause death and, destru and destruction, whether on purpose by eating your, your other animals around you or your own body or causing you to, to collapse with your allergies. They don't serve a purpose. I am so against them. Not Eradicate to mention uh, wine and or McFadden. I'll let you hit on this if you want. But in one of the articles you sent, there's evidence that cat poop can change you, a human's personality. Make you go insane. <laughs> Yes. Well, so don't I, eat I'll the cat let poop. one of you guys hit on that if you want, but so against cats. I'm with you on this one, Lyman. How about you, Mike? All right. So um, I think I want to take this from a slightly different angle. I am for some cats, specific cats, but I am against the idea of getting a cat because you're really rolling the dice and don't that's, know what you're that's getting. That's true. And so. I'm for other people rolling the dice and taking that <laughs> risk and going and enjoying them for seven to 12 minutes because that's about as much enjoyment as I personally would gain from a cat. Um, I know my mother-in-law, she's got two great cats. Um, I know some of Pat's cats have been, have been fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing that you're not thinking of, and I don't know if this is necessarily um, fair to, to talk about, Mike, but... Um, my mother rescued, um, and I use that term loosely, uh, five to six feral cats that were hanging out in her backyard. She got like from one of the local rescue places, like no kill cages, caught them all at the same time, brought them all to this place, had them uh, spayed and neutered, and they clipped the ears so that you can tell and then released them back into the yard. And that was like, like nine years ago. And they're like, they're still... Or not all of them, but like there's at least three or four cats that are still hanging out in the yard, living their feral cat lifestyle. And her garden has never looked better because there's no rabbits eating her hosta, eating the plants. And I think that you were saying that they serve no purpose, Mike. There's a, a use case that is this that <laughs> is in favor of cats. So I'm for other people having cats that are cool and not having to assume that hang. list themselves, they can hang. <laughs> uh, and I'm for uh, feral garden cats uh, because, you know, my hostas are looking a little mangy at this point in the, in the season. And my mom's garden, it looks amazing. Do you so want to add anything? Because I think we, we know where you stand. <laughs> well, I, I'm against cats. Uh, yeah, Rob, you brought up toxoplasmosis, <laughs> which... There is scientific evidence to suggest that it causes schizophrenia in humanity, that 11% of people have it because of cats. Uh, I think is we it 11% on... of all people or 11% of, of cat people owners? Because, really? Yes, because not just you getting involved with cat feces, but the pigs and cows and, and beef forests that you eat can get involved. Holy <laughs> mammoths. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm against them. I think we should eradicate them. It, if given the opportunity, um, it'll be sad for a couple of weeks, but you'll get over it. It's a teaser for, for next week where I talk about a similar topic. Uh, but I think uh, we've, we've uh, surpassed this. Rob and I are sane. Mike is almost mm -hmm. sane. And Patrick is a crazy person because he has toxoplasmosis. So get that shit. <laughs> <out. laughs> All right. Thank you, Mike. Patrick, uh, we're now on to your topic for uh, the day. What do you have for us? Okay, so my topic is robot COVID tests and then just robot surgery in general. 
Um, so did you guys watch the video? Yes. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. We did the homework. Okay. I did. So for you uh, audio listeners out there, there's www.backslash <laughs> ask Jeeves. <laughs> um, so the, it's this robot arm that is holding on to one of the COVID tests and it's, it pushes it into the guy's note. So the guy like holds uh, a, like an arm rest and then puts his head in a chin rest with like a head thing. It's like one of the things that the ophthalmologist. Yes, exactly. Like you, so the robot puts it in his nose a little bit and then it tilts. Right. And, and by like, it, it puts the long Q-tip in his nose. Just yes, to clarify. long Q-tips. Yeah. Um, and then it starts to tilt and I'm like, oh, I wonder why it's tilting. Maybe get, and then it just starts going farther and farther and farther into the guy's nose, like nine inches, like farther than you'd think it could possibly go. And then it starts like moving around. And this guy is sitting there way too calm. Oh my gosh. He's so calm. But you can tell like he's trying so hard to not react, but you can tell that he's like quietly screaming to himself, like, kill me now. Yeah. <laughs> and like I get that it knows where it's gone, but what if you have a bad reaction? You like pull away or push away. It's not like a human hand that knows, oh, this guy is is <laughs> moving to his left. <laughs> so that is the general idea. And then there's there's uh, starting to do different robot stuff with like other medical procedures and surgery and stuff. So I'm just going to let you guys roll with this because Robbie's reaction is so big. I'm going to start with Robbie. I know. Well, you're talking about like a human can at least understand if they need to make a human doctor, I should say, can make understand if they need to make adjustments with where the Q-tip is. And I'm imagining like at some point a robot is going to malfunction and be like, nose not detected, must go deeper, deeper, deeper. And like, no, I don't want that. It's so bad. And, and I'm remembering um, a few weeks ago, I have a four-year-old nephew, and he had a, a medical procedure. He's in great shape. But before the procedure, he had to get a COVID test. And fortunately, his COVID test was from a licensed medical professional, a human being, not a robot. But when they shoved this Q-tip up my four-year-old nephew's nose, he literally screamed, my nose is going to die. You couldn't say it better than him. Like, out of the mouth of babes. No, I I know we didn't go on to, like, the the other non-COVID-related aspects of this. But just absolutely no. I don't want anything in my nose. But if I have to have something shoved up my nose, please give me the coordination and the care and the empathy of a human being to help me with that. The bedside manner <laughs> yeah. of a human. Okay. Right in. Oh, me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think I share a lot of what, what Rob felt. Is, first of all, I didn't until that video realize how deep your nasal cavity goes. It goes like the back of your neck. It's wild. Um, but like, I was like, okay, what's the benefit here? You know, there's less interaction between two people, but there's a guy behind a computer with a mouse making sure that the robot doesn't stab you through the face. <laughs> so it's like he's still exposed. So I don't really see any value in the test. I would like, if someone's going to do a COVID test on me, which I assume will happen at some point, uh, uh, that they have also done this. Like, I know how exactly how this feels. At least part of that will give me some kind of comfort. I think the point to surgeries, though, you know, that goes back to another topic you talked about, which was like automatic cars, 
where you're like putting your life in your hands of computers to not crash into you. I think computers could get to a point where they could take out an appendix. It seems pretty straightforward, you know, <laughs> if they had the right tools. Um, so robot surgery, yes. Robot COVID testing, not these guys, because it doesn't <laughs> seem like they, it doesn't have sensors of any kind. It just has like, if you look into what they asked them, like, uh, how did you feel about it? And the guy, the guy who invented the thing says, I was pretty terrified. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so I'm against it for COVID testing, but I think there is some, exp- you know, like surgeons fuck up sometimes and people <laughs> die and that's really bad. And the same thing for, uh, you know, cars. We, we talked about this in the past. We were all pretty much in agreement that if we could hand that over to a intelligence that was better at that exact thing, uh, that could save a lot of lives. And that might be true for surgery. So I'm, I'm pro, generally, robot surgeons. Okay. How about you, McFadden? So I want to just reiterate, because I don't think we can stress just enough how deep this swap <laughs> goes into this guy's face and, and how little he actually reacted. <laughs> because I, I've had a COVID test, um, and they did not put it seven inches <laughs> past my eyeballs we're like, supposed to i don't understand where this went in this guy's head <laughs> they had like a 3d imaging of a of a lady's face right where like the, your your nasal cavity goes basically to your back of your skull i know but like if you just put a q-tip like forward into your nose it's going to strike something i don't understand where this went in this guy's head um, but I want to put a little different spin on this. Would your guy's opinion change if the robot looked like Screech's Kevin robot from Saved by the Bell? <laughs> Robbie, yes or no? Yes, he has a much better bedside manner than the other robot, so yes. Michael? No, I still haven't seen the preview for the new one, so no. <laughs> okay. Uh, Patrick, what about you? Are, are you in favor of robot surgeons and COVID tests? Um, sorry, I'm watching it again. <laughs> it's so gross, mesmerizing. Like, but the thing is that it it makes so, it's like a tiny little car crash. <laughs> it makes me worried because, like, I know some people who've gotten the test and they're because, like, some people are like, "Oh, it's so terrible, it's so terrible," and then I know some people are like, "Oh, yeah, it wasn't a big deal at all." It's like, well, did you just not get it done well? Like, if it's <laughs> going like, like yeah, if it's going that far to that guy's face, like. That can't be good. And it reminded me of, we were trying to find rapid COVID tests in Tennessee and there weren't a lot of options and CVS kept popping up and you could go into a CVS drive-through to get it done, but you had to do it yourself. (laughs) You'd go up to the window, they'd give you the test and then you'd have to jam this thing into your nose, which I don't know who could possibly do this to themselves. It's not just your nose. It's like your whole oh, yes. being. You have well, to jam this that, into your soul. But like knowing that you're <laughs> doing it right, like you're getting it far enough, because there's no way that I would I would be able to push it far enough back before I was just like, this is far enough. I'm just going to stop here. <laughs> I don't have COVID. <laughs> I, I do have one um, uh, suffix to, to add on to this conversation. Researchers from the University of Illinois have invented a saliva-based COVID test 
Um, and I think that the students at U of I are actually starting by oh, they're going to destroy tests. us all. I've got UT coming back this week. We're all <laughs> going to die. <laughs> well, so regardless of the university policy, it's interesting to see if the saliva test is reliable enough. Hopefully, we can, as a whole country, transition away from Q-tips tick Q-tips tickling the back of our heads yeah. and going to spit tests instead. I L L. Agree. I and I have you got I it. have a couple more thoughts but I am going to share them after our next segment that McFadden will uh, introduce. Segue us into now. So before we wrap for the evening, we're going to revive a segment from the original For or Against series back in the, uh, it wasn't even YouTube. What's, what platform were we on back it was then? On, it was on YouTube and eventually TV, which I don't think exists anymore. No, um, nope. Nope. Uh, the, the lightning round. Uh, one of us is going to pose five for or against, and the other three will respond with a simple for or against. These, uh, this lightning round will be related to one of the topics that we've already talked about, and Patrick is going to lead us off in this segment starting now. So it all kind of is in the same area of robot doing procedures. Um, so I am going to go by where you guys are on my screen. So it's going to go McFadden, Robbie, Wynand. So you could just say for or against, and then after, if we want to chat about it, then we can. Uh, brain surgery. I am currently against. It, with robots? Yeah. Against. For. Heart surgery. Uh, I feel better about that, for. For for most, because I think it's fairly standardized for. What the fuck is the difference, for? <laughs> <laughs> Doctors streaming from like, New York to Africa to do a procedure through a robot arm. I've seen this. I am for it. I just hope they don't have any buffering issues. <laughs> yes, for saving lives, bringing uh, even more medical resources to underserved communities, for. Uh, Rob, you've just convinced me at the last second. Last buzzer, for. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you shaking your head. I had to get it in there. <laughs> Okay, the little robots that would swim around in your blood and like clean your shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's shit in your blood? Wait, yeah. this is hypothetical <laughs> or, or like you're saying? I've seen future? this in popular science. I can give you a like multi-level marketing spiel about <laughs> toxins in your blood. <laughs> you hear about it. Uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, I think I'm for nanorobots you're referring yes. to. Yeah, for, why not? Uh, I'm four, but only in the year 3000. <laughs> Against, it sounds like taxoplasmosis, but, but an engineered version of it. No, that's how you cure taxoplasmosis. <laughs> yeah. Again. Regain your notion of self. <laughs> and last, a robot dentist. Uh, I feel like the dentist is already using robots, and so it might just go full robot for. <laughs> Yeah, I'm extremely for this. No disrespect to dentists, it's an important job, but I feel like there are a lot of components of it that can be done in a more automated way than for. The only thing a dentist ever does for me is judge me for my poor hygiene, and a robot can't do that for. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> so I feel pretty similar, except I, for brain surgery and heart surgery, the reason that I put those two on there is we've been watching a ton of Grey's Anatomy. Um, and brain surgery is just so very precise and you can't like wiggle and stuff. I feel like a robot would be able to do a really good job like of like almost like a CNC type of thing where it could go into the perfect spot in your brain and it could use a camera to wiggle to the right spot and do what it needs to do. 
But with heart surgery, it's like it's soft and it can move around and be different sizes and all this stuff that I and feel like beating. if something went and beating, I feel like if something <laughs> went wrong, it would be harder for a robot to be able to do like hold a heart together. So, yeah, my brain's all weird. So I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and Pat, you know that Grey's Anatomy is not a documentary, right? <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with this, Robbie. Oh, that's where um, you're getting your medical information. Doesn't seem right. I, I will say that um, one of Elon Musk's companies, Neuralink, is working on creating um, electrodes that can go into your brain to regain uh, brain function. And there you're using robots to plant those. And that's since I'm an Elon Musk uh, fanboy, I'm going to reverse my uh, against and I'm now for robot brain <laughs> surgery. Sign me up. I'll take two. <laughs> I, so I kind of feel the same about dentistry. Like anything where it's it's like precise and like they can like hold your mouth in a certain way and do it and i just hate i hate the dentist i I haven't gone in a year and a half like honestly i would feel personally better about hating a robot that was doing dentistry for me than my current dentist because my current dentist he's a lovely man i've known him since i was a child but Mm -hmm. i just hate having to hate him (laughs) (laughs) well that just about wraps things up for today if you are still listening please consider telling a friend about for or against we really enjoy making these shows but we are way more likely to keep making them if someone is listening on the other end if you haven't yet please write a review on apple podcasts and connect with us on instagram twitter and tiktok and our facebook page at for against pod thank you for watching and listening with your ears see you next time <laughs> bye <laughs> nice laugh robbie bye did i laugh <laughs> you went <laughs> <laughs> that was totally involuntary just old friends on the podcast we build a defense on ridiculous topics are you for or against discussing random issues man this show is immense so tune in and choose a side that you sit on the fence man we debate a lot issues boy where do we start adults who drink milk and self-driving cars you're listening now to for or against so turn the volume up this is for or against